Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. In the Christmas season, we're surrounded by so many different messages. And we're bombarded, you know, I don't know, my Facebook ad always has a new ad for a new thing that we should get. And TV has a new thing about this. And even, I was sharing this with uh, the elders and, and even actually my class. I teach once a week, or face-to-face. And I was showing them this Odyssey, Adventures in Odyssey video. And it was like the real meaning of Christmas. And it was like a greedy kid and a kid who actually learned that he should be, that giving was better than receiving. And that that was the meaning of Christmas. Well, it kind of misses the point, right? In that Jesus was the gift, right? Like, it's nice to know that it's better to give than to receive. But until we see and understand that, that Jesus is the gift and what that means Right, like before Jesus came, sorry, I'm on a rabbit trail already. Before <laughs> Keith's going, I don't see a slide for this anywhere. <laughs> before Jesus came, they were doing, like, to get your sins forgiven, you had to go to the temple and offer a sacrifice. Right? In order to bring your prayers and supplications to God, you went to the temple and you, you took that to the priests and the, and the Sadducees and Pharisees and you asked them to, to enter on your behalf. And yet, through Christ, through the gift of Jesus coming to earth, we don't have to do that. We can have that freedom and that forgiveness and that, that openness and that freedom to just go to God and take that to him. So that's my first rabbit trail of the day. <laughs> oh, Okay, just a smile is happy. I'm good. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you remember being... Well, okay. Have you ever gone to like a birthday party? A strange birthday party? <laughs> like, okay. I know people have birthday parties for their pets. Right? And so you go there and you take like a doggy treat with a bow on it or something. And the dog doesn't... They're just happy that there's somebody in the room. Right? They don't, they don't know what's going on. And so after you give the dog the treat, and it goes sits in the corner, you go and engage with the rest of the thing, right? Or you think of being a kid, and, and you, would, you come to the birthday, your, this a birthday party you're invited to uh, from somebody at school, and you give them your gift, and they open it up, and then by the end of the time, like, that kid's sitting in his corner playing with his game, and everybody else is, like, doing their thing, and you've almost kind of missed engaging with the person that it's all about, right? And so sometimes there are so many different messages and so many different things that come into our minds and our sphere that we kind of forget the focus of who, who this season is truly about. And so we've all heard lots of things said about Jesus. We sang about Jesus. There's all these things. But, and so we kind of get this picture of who Jesus is. Yeah, I, this morning I want to take and I go, want to go into the words of Jesus and what he said about himself and how Jesus shared his own reason for coming and his purpose and, and that part of, of the Christmas story. 
So when we go back, like in your family, I'm sure you have stories of, of when your kids did something funny or silly or whatever, right? And those stories kind of become part of folklore, right? Like you never let them forget it. They come up at the wedding, all that kind of stuff, right? And so like a couple of stories that come to my mind are, was there was a wedding and the little, the little uh, five-year-old boy who was the ring, who was holding the ring came down the aisle and all the way he's going, grr, 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 grr. And afterwards his mom said, what was that about? And she said, I was the ring bearer. <laughs> ah. Okay, a groan is as good as a laugh to me. Okay? Or like the, the little four-year-old girl who says to her mom, why do I always have to match my clothes and you don't? Okay, no, I'll delete that one. Okay. Or the little boy who was told that if he didn't behave, he'd get sticks and coal for Christmas without missing a beat. He said, well, I can use, still use those for something. Okay, now... And I can see Rowan doing this one, where Brittany would say, Rowan, where, where are your dirty clothes? And he'd say, on the floor. And she'd say, where should they be? On the floor where you can't see them. <laughs> or Harper, I can see Brittany saying to Harper, can you put some socks on your doll? And her reply is, mom, you can't tell people how to care for their children. <laughs> or... Okay, this one, I don't know if this is too close to the line. <laughs> I'm saying it anyway. There's a three-year-old who calls Flonase mummy's special nose medicine. And now the neighbor thinks I do cocaine. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Only one of those needs deleting, that's good. So we don't have any of those stories about Jesus, where Jesus maybe did something interesting or like in his childhood that was humorous or, or that. So the first place that Jesus appears, that, that we have the recorded words of Jesus, are in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. And uh, he's 12 years old, and his family has taken him to, to uh, Jerusalem to go to the, the temple uh, and I think it was because like, when you're 12-year-old, you go through the, the bar mitzvah thing, and like, it's the, the transitioning into being recognized as being a young man and not a child anymore. And so they, they went there. Now, you've heard the stories of, of parents who are, are driving on a long trip, and they think that the child's sleeping in the backyard or back seat, and an hour later, they go, where's Johnny? And he went into the bathroom, right? You, you've heard those stories? Well, Jesus' parents are like an, a day down the road. I, and they, I don't know who they figured he was with, but they realized Jesus wasn't around, so they go back to, and they're searching and searching, and they find him in, in, the, in, the, in the temple. And, and Jesus' words that were recorded were, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Kind of like, to him, it totally made sense that he would be in the temple and that he would be, he'd be discussing the things of God. And it says like they were, they were amazed at the conversations, the questions that he was asking of, of, the chief priest, of the priests. 
And, and I don't know if, if Mary and Joseph really got it. Like it had been 12 years before where the angels had been proclaiming the birth of, of the Son of God through, through Mary. And, and those miraculous things happened on the, Chris, on the not, well, we call it Christmas Eve. And, and yet somewhere in the thing, I don't know if they lost sight of that Jesus was there for a purpose. He was there about his father's business. You know, and, and he, he was in the, he was talking to the, I, he, my mind goes weird places, but he says, I was, I was talking about my father's business with, with the priests. Well, he wasn't talking about Joseph's thing. He wasn't negotiating like that Joseph would come and build some shelves or a new table. But Jesus was there about his heavenly father's business. So then we kind of have silence for 18 years until Jesus begins his ministry at the age of 30. So we have this 12, from 12 to 18, we have this big, this gap. And, and uh, there we, we have Jesus kind of engaging in his ministry and he says, in, in John 6, 38, says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So you don't really say that I came down from heaven if you came from Nazareth or Galilee or Jerusalem, right? He's stating that his home is heaven. That's where he, his origin was. That was where he started off from. And that he came to earth not to do his own will, not to do what he wanted, but to do the will of him who sent me. Like, I think it's a pretty amazing thing that kind of at the creation of the world, even before, I think, Adam and Eve were placed on earth and before they fell in, in the first sin, that God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit kind of got together and had a plan. That it says, in the fullness of time, Jesus would come to earth and would provide a new way to God. And so Jesus was on a mission. He was on a heavenly mission. And instead of just leaving the world to itself, to its own devices, to, to people just seeking their own pleasure, to seeking their own way, to thinking they know the best way to live life, they know the best way to, you know, navigate things, they have the answers. Instead of just letting us all go to our own devices and allowing the world to just fall apart after turning its back on God, the Godhead had a plan. So the books of, of Matthew and Luke are the only ones of the four Gospels that actually go through the, the Jesus birth story. Uh, and, but you jump into the book of Mark, and that's kind of where I want to spend the rest of my time this morning. Uh, Mark basically starts off with a little bit about John the Baptist proclaiming the news, and then John gets arrested, and then it focuses on Jesus, and Jesus' ministry starting off, and Jesus... Uh, moving forward in his ministry. And Jesus is starting to perform miracles. He's casting out demons. He's healing people. He's starting to call the disciples to himself. And, and he's kind of initiating this, this ministry. And the disciples are excited. They're going, you know, this ministry is taking off. Like the word is spreading. People are coming. They want to watch. They want to see. They want to hear. They want to get healed. They want, you know, they, they see something is different. And Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom. He's proclaiming, he's proclaiming what, um, 
what God's kingdom, what the lifestyle that God is offering is available to them. And so Jesus says to them in Mark 1.38, he says, let's go on to the neighboring towns so I can preach there as well. So not, let's just not just stay here. Let's move on to the next place. He says, so that I may preach there also, for that's why I came. So Jesus had come to spread the message. He didn't just come to, to sit in his one little pocket and, and just do his thing and let people come to him. But he, not, he came from heaven to earth, and then he went from his location out into to touching the lives of other people. So right away in Mark chapter 2, we have the story of the paralytic. And it's, it's one of my favorite stories, where here's this guy who's been paralyzed, and the whole town knows about it. Right, because for him to go to the store, his friends have to carry him. Right, for him to go to the temple or synagogue to do the sacrifices, that his friends have to carry them. They see this guy all over the place. He's paralyzed. His friends hear that Jesus is coming, and they've heard about the miracles that Jesus is doing. Like the leper is totally cleansed from his leprosy. People are able to walk. People are able to see. People are, are freed from oppression, from from demonic oppression, and they go, "Hey." If we can get our buddy, Dave, I don't know who I'm choosing, Dave. If we can get him to Jesus, then he could be healed from his paralysis. And wouldn't it would be life-changing, right? And so these guys, they come up to the house. And there's a huge crowd around the house. There's the house inside the house is packed. And, the, you know, four guys or whatever guys carrying a stretcher, it's pretty hard to move through a crowd, even if you're trying to, you know, you have some blockers or whatever. And so uh, they look and they go, well, there's room on the roof. So they head up to the roof and they start digging through the roof. And I can imagine Jesus is standing there talking to the people in, inside the house and all of a sudden like some dust starts crumbling, right? And then this is a straw or, or you know, a brick, I don't know. <laughs> And uh, he looks up and there's a hole and there's like people are tearing away the roof. Okay, my next rabbit trail is we need to surround ourselves with friends like that. Friends that will tear a hole in a roof so that we can be close to Jesus. Right? Instead of friends that are pulling us away and distracting us and moving us away, a friend who will like go to that, you know, they're destroying a house, right? <laughs> you know, you think about it. <laughs> and yet, they're doing that in order so that they can get their friend to Jesus. So Jesus looks up, this hole widens. All of a sudden, they start, this, this, <laughs> this guy starts coming down through the roof. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody stopped and watched and, and what, saw what was going on. And, and the friends are all going, yes, we have Jesus' attention. Our, our buddies in front of our paralyzed buddies in front of him. This is going to be awesome. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. And they're going, Huh? Right? And, and this crowd that had come to watch all these amazing miracles, who know about this guy not being able to walk, are going, 
huh? Like, your sins are forgiven? And, and the Pharisees, like, they're outraged. Like, only God can forgive sins. And they're like, you know, they're ignoring all of the message and all of the evidence that, that God sent Jesus to the world with a message that he could back up, right? And so, so Jesus knew what was in the hearts of the Pharisees and he said, what's easier for me to say? Your sins are forgiven or pick up your bed and walk? Right, because because Warren could walk up to me and say, Bruce, your sins are forgiven. And you can't see what's going on in my heart or my mind, right, or in the spiritual realm. Like I might... Like, I know when, when I came to Christ, there was a, a freeing and a lifting of my conscience and of the burden, you know, but that's not a visible thing. Like, these people are going, and Jesus says, I could say your sins are forgiven. Like, that's the easy thing to do because there's, you know, but if I say, pick up your bed and walk, and that doesn't happen, then people go, well, you're full of hot air. Like, your power only goes this far. Right? And so Jesus was saying, he said, you know, to prove that I, as a physical evidence, that I have the spiritual authority to forgive sins, pick up your bed and walk. And the guy picks up his bed and walks. Right? And all of a sudden, you know, there was such a statement in that. And I think the other reason why Jesus did it this way was because Jesus was putting a finger on mankind's true need. Like we think what consumes your heart is my health. Right? If I was healthy, then everything would be great. Or if my, if my kids were, if I was getting along with my kids, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, that's what I need prayer for. That's what needs healing, right? My marriage, those challenges, that's what I need to, and, or my, my job, like I hate my job or I don't have a job. And those are the things like, if I had that, then like I would, you know, I'd be healed, like healed from your job. But, you know, that need being met. And Jesus is putting his finger on, it wasn't this guy's paralysis that was his biggest challenge in his life. It was the sin in his life that was the biggest challenge in his life. And when we realize that about ourselves, you know, we get, it's really easy to get tied up in those external things instead of going, how am I addressing, you know, my own, my own failures, my own brokenness? So Jesus is concerned about those things. It doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't care that you're having this problem or that problem or you're struggling with this. He does care. But he says, my priority is to, to... I didn't come for that. I came for this. So we're all broken. We've all sinned and we're all in need of a savior. So what's our response? And so if you had a chance to sit down with Jesus, what would you say to him? Right? What would be the first things that you would talk to him about? What would be the first things that you would, would, you know, I know for a lot of us, 
we bring that need to him first thing, right? I didn't get enough sleep last night. Oh, I'm really tired, right? <laughs> he says, well, there's kind of bigger things going on. And, and so, I don't know, if, if, if you're to sit with Jesus or to meet with Jesus, like I'm hoping that most of you or all of you have, have had an opportunity at some time to, to, to claim that forgiveness that he gives us. To claim that, that belief in Jesus and, and claim that those taking forward in those steps. And, and uh, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, for, for those of us who have taken that step with Jesus, you know, just acknowledging who he is. Jesus, you are the son of God. Jesus, I'm broken. I can't do life just all by myself. Please forgive me. Forgive my sins. I pray that you would become a Lord, the Lord of my life, that you'd lead and guide me and I would trust you in that. And that I would look forward to an eternity to, with you in heaven. So there are a lot of things that are said about Jesus at this time of year. A lot of things that are sung about Jesus at this time of year. Um... You know, even, even the kind of prayer that, that many of us prayed, we often kind of go, well, can you really be sure? Because I, I know, <laughs> I don't know, from the time I became a Christian at, at seven until yesterday, there's a, I go, oh man, I screwed up. Did I lose my salvation? Oh, Jesus, please forgive me. I don't want to go to heaven with you, you know. And, and yet Jesus also said, he gives us an assurance so in John chapter 6, verse 40, it's part of the same thing where he was talking about how, how God had called him to come. He said, this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So it's not, he didn't just come to take us so far, he took, came to take us all the way and to complete that full mission. So Jesus came to earth to... Uh, live that life that we couldn't live, to pay that penalty that we all deserved, to, to die the death that we deserved, and to, uh, to be risen from the dead. I actually loved that passage from Colossians from a couple weeks ago where he nailed our sins to the cross. And that's why he came. He didn't come just to be this cute little baby in, the, in a manger that we can ooh and awe over. Uh, he, he didn't come just to do miracles and to alleviate physical pain and distress. He came to forgive our sins and to restore us to God that we might have that relationship. So let's not be the birthday people who the guest of honor goes and is pushed to the corner while we play with our toys over here or, uh, or, or we ignore him because of the distractions of what's going on. Let's not be like the people who, who might have walked by the stable while Jesus was in the, in, the, in the stable, right? The King of Kings, the Messiah that they've been waiting for was right there and people are just walking by, not just oblivious. Let's not be those people. Let's seek out Jesus this Christmas. Let's ask him to show himself to us in a new way. Let's dig into his word I just scratched the surface with what Jesus said about himself. There are so many more verses where Jesus talks about 
what he has come to do and who he is with the Father. And, uh, you know, there's a reason that the angel of the Lord proclaimed, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We're not celebrating because Jesus was born. We're celebrating because Jesus came. And Jesus offers us that way to connect with God and to, to have forgiveness and freedom and healing. So I'll, I'll pray. In our blindness, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, that he might bring a message of the kingdom, that he might give freedom and forgiveness and offer that to each one of us. Lord, that we might embrace that and that we might take the message of your son, Jesus Christ, to those around us and share that. We thank you so much for the change in our own lives, that hope and love and forgiveness and future that you offer us, that we're still learning to understand. We just pray that we would see you in a new way this Christmas. I just pray this all in your name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. Don't you feel